0: In this episode, I welcome Hollywood director Frank Karachi to my house. He's directed The Wedding Singer, Waterboy, and a bunch of other classic comedies. We talk about how he got into directing, how much he likes to travel, and what he has in the works. He's a very cool guy, and it is a great interview. In the neighborhood, of course, I'm joined by Mel and Steve. We talk about the beer I just brewed, kind of. The brewery tour I have coming up, which is December 16th through the 20th. Uh, how you can be a part of the adventure and how you can have a beer with me. It's all here on the Zane Lamprey Show. Adventure. We make innovative apparel. Our jackets all convert into travel pillows. Our backpacks have coolers in them. Visit adventure.com and get 10% off with coupon code PODCAST10. Adventure. Where the first E is a 3 because we plant three trees with every product sold. That's A-D-V-3 N-T-U-R-E dot com. Travel Explore live adventure.com. Welcome to a very holiday episode of the Zane Lamprey Show. I am Zane Lamprey, joined by my wife Mel and then Steve in Philly. Our guest today is Frank Karachi. Frank Karachi, he's a director, he's directed a lot of things that you've seen. Uh, the wedding singer, mm-hmm. the water boy around the world in 80 days. Here comes the boom, click. Um, and so he, he has a new, uh, movie, which we'll be talking about. Um, uh, yeah, Frank is a really cool guy. It's, it's so, you know, it's great to just meet, uh, someone who is a very successful Hollywood director, producer, actor, you know, people that are just like very successful and can be, could be douchey. Uh-huh. I'm giving him the credit that he you? he could have he could have been there if he wanted to, but he wasn't. Very nice, very humble, just a super cool guy. You don't realize you're sitting with someone who could you know can change people's careers. Mm-hmm. It's 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 fun. I I thought he was a really cool guy. What Steve? I said, did he inspire you? He did. Inspired mm, me. How? How so? Well, he he inspired me to c- cut That's you out great. of the show. I can't wait. to Hey, do do you. okay. <laughs>
1: Since you said this was like a very special Christmas episode, yeah. is it like you're going to give me a gift or something?
0: Or well, like... ho, ho, ho. I, did you, I did give you a gift. You did give me a gift. I did give you a gift. So, that so I, I, am, I was yesterday, I was at Santa Rosa, um, I was at Fog Belt Brewing in Santa Rosa for the launch of the adventure Fog Belt collaboration beer called Redwood Lager, which is uh, a red lager infused with um, redwood tips, just the tips. Just the tips, mm. and uh, so I was up there, and I was supposed to come back this morning, recording this on a Sunday. I was supposed, to, uh, I was supposed to come back here uh, today, mm-hmm. just in time to record this podcast because I leave first thing tomorrow. And instead, I just got on the first flight out of there last night, and then uh, surprised Mel and I said, "Hey, Mel, <laughs> I got you something. It's on the front porch. I hope you like it." And she opened the door, and w- what was there?
1: Not cake. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to have Susie Cakes, cakes yeah, delivered to it's me. It's true. It's true. Because he's done that before. Yeah. And So I was like, at the end of the night, yeah. I finally sat down and he was like, I left something on the porch. It is, he just thought it was something. a brownie. And I was like, oh, it's definitely okay. tropical cake from Susie Cakes. Do
0: you want to be a tough guy and tell people what what happened?
1: But then I, it was him and I cried because it wasn't cake. <laughs>
0: <laughs> here i was she was crying because she was so emotional no she was crying because it wasn't cake <laughs> um Hi, dude, we went up we went up to the um uh, so i had my buddy jake join me yesterday um the other day at uh, at fog bell and i got in on on uh on thursday thursday because mm-hmm. i had a radio show to do that night mm-hmm. then went back to the hotel did work woke up the next morning to go in and brew because we wanted to get video of us brewing the beer, but the catch is, is like it's a lager, so it had to sit there for a while. And so we brewed the, they brewed the beer like last week, uh, I'm sorry, last month, like a month ago. And um, so they wanted to have me come up, and we, we can just get some video of you making the beer. So I went in, and went in there in the morning, and mm-hmm. we're just like, and we started drinking their imperial. Uh, coffee stout mm. whenever you put the word imperial yeah, it's and like beer
1: majestic or serious
0: no it's like double exactly. it's, it's yeah exactly right yeah exactly and so imperial
1: percentage
0: it was a it was a nine percent uh uh abv
1: it's one way to start the morning
0: it was and i didn't realize that so i had like two or three that, like, that is legit that
1: dictates your whole day
0: so then we, we 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 like the beer that they had us make you know what i did i took this thing of hop pellets and just dumped it in Mm -hmm. That's all I could do. I was like, you know, next time, if there's next time, I can just pretend to do this. I don't need to come in (laughs) at seven in the morning to like pour these hot pellets at exactly 726. And so get
2: to sprinkle any breadwood tips in there. No,
0: because it wasn't that beer. We were making another beer. Ah. So then we said, all right, let's go to Armstrong Woods, which is like a, a state park. And let's go and like take the tips of some of these redwoods. So a giant redwood tree has like these little ones growing next to it, yeah. off of it, mm-hmm. and you just take the tip. I mean, it's just like the the end Couple inch, and all like It's tiny, okay, because that has all of the sort of the resin and the flavor and that kind of thing. So we, you know, I ate some of it to understand mm-hmm. what it was. It's kind it's of like the super bitter. It was kind of like the bitterness just of a chip. hops. No, but 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 listen, we brought some of the beer up, and they grabbed some other beer, and we were walking around the park. As far as I know, you're allowed to drink in state parks. Walking around most of them, hmm. and so we're walking around with beer, like in like a, a can
1: of beer out in the open?
0: can of beer out in the open. These tall boy cans, um, I guess they're sixteen ounces. And walking through, and the it's foggy, light rain, walking on a path. Beautiful. It was amazing, mm-hmm. and then we were just laughing, having a good time, and. And we were we, we only brought one can each of the redwood lager which is a 5.4 percent which mm-hmm. is still good but just like more manageable mm-hmm. and they had some of their um, their IPA which was like 8.6 and we're drinking those oh, so geez. anyway we found a bridge which was just and I you a picture from this bridge and we just st- stood there on a bridge for an hour just <laughs> drinking beers It was <laughs> that amazing great. then we went to a place called Stumptown which is another brewery and then we went to another brewery after that. And it was like seven o'clock, and I had been up working mm-hmm. slash drinking since seven, and then mm. and then passed out. And so the next day was like the event, mm-hmm. and like how much did I feel like going to an event? Like I already had my event a, the day before. Did you have a hangover? Uh, you know, not too much because it was just such a long day. But um, anyway, it just took me one beer to get back into it. But then hung out from about one until five, and then got on a flight at six fifty and came back here. So no it was good. Cake. With no cake, <laughs> but what did I come back with? So they gave—oh my
1: god, they, so much beer! They gave me like beer, ninety pounds of beer.
0: Literally, Steve, I I brought a a shell suitcase, you know, like a hard suitcase, right. and I put my Rolly inside of it to go up there and to come back. I took the Rolly out, and now I have a giant suitcase, and we filled it with beer. And I went to to check in, and we put it on the 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 scale. And it was ninety pounds.
2: <laughs> ninety. Did you have to take some out and disperse the load.
0: So what I did, I I just, Dave, I dispersed my load. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> um, and it wasn't that exciting. And then, so yeah, so I took and just put clothes in the other one and started putting beer into my Rolly and I got it split in such a way that, because I did have beer in the Rolly too, and uh, and beer so anyway, everywhere. I gave the people at the counter each a four pack to sort of look the other way. Uh And I still came back with about 90, you know, 80 pounds of beer.
2: Beer Santa at the airport. What do you, I mean,
0: what do you do with all of
1: it?
0: We're going to like let our guests drink it, Uh, give it to friends and, you know, have just different events. It's really pretty. It's a beautiful beer. And I have to tell you, it is is so balanced. I I was a little worried. Now these guys make really good beer and, and I've been there before and had their beers. And I was a little nervous because it's not like, like it's a long, it's a, the lagering process is very long. So you don't know if the beer is going to be any good and you don't know until the end. So you have to follow formulas that you've done in the past and be like, Oh, when we did this, we had to pull back this a little bit and whatever. So they were, when they went light on the, uh, on the tips, but then they put in a little bit of, yeah, they put in a little bit of juniper berry as well. And you some tips and berries tips and berries yeah Yeah. tips and both and so um it was very botanical but it was but it just made a really nice beer it's you don't drink it if you didn't know that it was pine you wouldn't know if you when you have your first sip it takes like five seconds and then the pine hits you it's neat trying to get
2: like an essence
0: you get a hint you get a hint of it uh and so tomorrow i'm heading off to uh another brewery tour if you remember last uh I guess in October, I did like 21
1: and breweries
0: in, in 21, you remember? Yeah,
1: That's November what, too, I think.
0: And then into November, yeah, yeah. 21 breweries in 20, 21 days, and so now I'm going to uh, Salt Lake City Monday, uh, December 16th, and then Denver on Tuesday, then Austin on Wednesday, Phoenix on Thursday, and then Friday the 20th, uh, I'll be in Vegas at uh, bagger Brewing. Yeah, and then, and then uh, I'm joined by um, Jack Not Maxwell. By me,
1: because you never tell me these things. Because
0: you have to watch the Cats.
1: I know, but if you would give me notice, Steve, I've had so many people reach out being like, you're going to be there, right? I can't wait to meet you. And I'm like, dude... The minute Zane posted this stuff is the minute I found out about it, and he's like, "Oh well, I just didn't think about it," and I'm like, "Dude, I just picked up another cat today. Like, I can't go anywhere."
0: And I'm like, "I know. <laughs> uh, I got Wait, st- I got stuff to do." But we know, were talking about how slow down on the cats. A little bit. How uh, well? How you know, um, that travel. is
1: not very Christmassy. It's to
0: it's a good relationship when I know that I can do what I need to do and I just go and do it, you know, and Mel's fine and whatever. I'll be back in a few days. But I came back early and surprised her on this one. So um no, and, and it's not
2: like that all the time. You, you
0: guys are together a lot at home. But that's true. you,
2: know, you got to travel, you gotta work. That's true.
0: That's true. Um the reason that we're going on this brewery tour is because uh investing in adventure is over on December 20th. That's the last day that you can do it. Our SEC raise will close. Um if you want want to invest do it, get involved in adventure. You can own a piece of the company with me. Uh, Mel is an owner, Steve is an owner. Um, the minimum investment is $250. And if you want to get it as a gift for someone, we can help you transfer it to a family member. And I don't know how far family member goes, but I I, I don't know. Like, I mean, like, well, like let's say your sister's uh, husband, he's a family member. What about your sister's husband's sister? But how do I prove that? You know what I'm saying?
1: But I think they're you, you, letting you transfer I'm, it to whomever you want as a gift.
0: Yes, but technically it's a family member. Mm. I'm just saying. It, I think we're. I think we're all hearing what I'm trying to say here. So anyway, yeah, go I'm to. You, uh, down you can go to there. investwithzane.com. Investwithzane.com will take you there, or just go to Adventure, adv 3 nture uh, One of the slides there will tell you how to get to uh, to the start engine page, and then. Um, you know, we have over 800 investors and, um, it's just been amazing so far. We've done a lot of great hirings. And in the new year, I'll have the adventure team on and introduce everybody. Um, some quick little stories. This bank in Texas accidentally deposited $37 million into a woman's account. And she went there and saw it. And then the husband reached out to the bank and was like, what's going on? $37 million. So the question is, the question is, is there a way she could have like transferred that to a swiss bank account and bolted and then she's gone and if she did would she really be in the wrong and and there and there's sort of like mixed mixed bag so,
1: because of the like the delay on transfers especially wire transfers yeah. and stuff they yeah. have like that three to five day window to do that for some so r- it would have been caught at some you know before that went through what
2: i want to know is i mean is the irs going to get when did that? And be like, uh, I mean,
0: it was it, it was in and out. The it, it was in and out. Just the tips. Uh, it was in and out, and and they, and they knew, and the bank caught it pretty quick. I mean, it obviously it was supposed to be deposited into someone's account. They didn't see it, and they said, "Where is it?" So I guess they had inverted the numbers or something like that. Um, hey Steve, have you ever had a um a package stolen from your house? Any of your houses you've ever lived in? Like a like a mm, like a
2: definitely a couple times.
0: We've had people that we've sent, uh, you know, adventure packages. They sent us, like, the actual video of people walking up and taking the package and walking away. Was it uh, their friend? That's, no. That's so no, crazy. no, no. It was, like, just weird people that's mm-hmm. just walking by. I mean, there's – I don't want to say, like, it's, it's like, a business, but, like, people – I mean, maybe people were treating it like that. And so this woman had, like um, – in Colorado had, like, so many packages stolen, like, every single night – So uh, she actually was, like, had a bunch of boxes. You know, like in Amazon Prime, you always have these empty boxes. So she ran out of trash bags. I think it was, like, Thanksgiving or something after a party. And so she just put all the garbage in there Mm -hmm. and then put it out on the porch. And she was going to take care of it the next morning. And she woke up and it was gone. (laughs) So someone (laughs) had taken it. And so... They stole their garbage. Yeah, exactly.
2: You know, unfortunately, what it's going to come down to is you're going to have to have, like, this huge box on your front porch or the side of your house. So when the truck comes up, the big door opens, and the, your package goes in there. And, you know, like a drop box at the post office. I guess shed or, or something. Like that.
0: I, I, I don't know. It's only become a problem. It's obviously escalating because more and more things are being delivered to your house. You used to go and do Target runs and, you know, the drugstore and now the grocery store. And now all that, all that stuff is just brought to your to your house, especially during the holidays. Um, it, it brought up a Reddit thread and people were telling stories that, that they've done this before. So one guy one guy pooped in the box and it was taken. <laughs> I mean, I guess the thing is, is like, can't
1: you put, put all our cats? crap in a box
0: do it well no one takes anything here
1: yeah,
2: but
0: but if you um, honestly
2: do you want to incite a thief at all i mean do you, you what do you mean you mean you mean like you mean piss him, him off yeah yeah i mean it, do you want him to come and get a box of shit and then like what note your house and then come back and yeah. retaliate
0: are you, what, are you not, uh, so are you not so we're now afraid of the people that are attacking us we we can't yes. we can't attack them back yeah. fuck right. them fuck them i think <laughs> no, i mean there's no
1: i don't want to upset them and be like, tell all their thief friends, like, hey, we're going to... That chick gave me cat poop the other day. How about so this? Gonna How about day. this?
0: Exploding right. those... You know those exploding paint paint things? Yeah. Those exploding ink from the banks?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You should be able to use those. And I don't know what the legality of it is, but if I have that on my porch and someone comes up and takes it and opens it up and explodes in their face, that's awesome. That's what well- I would
2: do. Honestly, something's got to change. Think mm-hmm. about the billions of boxes that are delivered. Yeah, but it's the billions of dollars that,
0: that that Amazon makes. All right, one more story. This this child prodigy from Belgium is the youngest to gain a bachelor degree. How old is he? So he's he's studying electrical engineering, um, and which is one of the toughest courses at this university in Belgium. So how old is this kid? Who's I'm gonna guess twelve. Okay, twelve. Nine. The under, he's nine years old. You guys see a picture of this kid is the cutest boy you've ever seen. And he's graduating at nine. And they said that the interesting thing about him is that he's just as sympathetic as he is, um, intelligent. Like he's like, he's, he's like an old soul. Mm -hmm. And they asked his parents, like, what do you think it was? And she's like, the only thing I did was I ate a lot of fish when I was pregnant. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Which, I'm, which, by the way, I think they tell you not to do because of the mercury. Right. I don't know that what makes, kind of fish maybe it Maybe not but... in Belgium. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, uh, I mean...
2: Tony Stark? I mean, what's going on? That's
0: crazy. <laughs> uh, Alright, so let's go to uh, our interview with Frank Karachi. Uh, super cool guy. This is our interview with Frank. You're the guest with the best on the Zane Lepre show. So... Um, yeah, so we're rolling. Well so Frank, how you doing? Pleasure to have you here. You. I just finished, um, Hot Air, your new, your new movie. Thank you. Um, what was really interesting about it is I, you'd sent me the link and I started watching it and I'm in my office. And I'm constantly being distracted. And so I actually watched it over the course of like multiple days which was really the interesting. Filmmaker's worst nightmare. I, honestly, it, it, <laughs> no. It, 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 I liked it because it reminded me of like of the relationship that I have with like a book because I was able to like come back into it. And it's like, if you watch a movie, it's over and uh, what was that? Like an hour 30, hour four, Hour 40, yeah. yeah. And so like, um, it's like, otherwise I just, it's like, it's a piece of my day and it's gone, but I got to watch it over the course of multiple days, which I thought was nice. It's like, usually I I can understand why you want people to be like in it and sort of watch it through. But it was, I got to like be with the characters for a few days and I liked it. I I I
3: liked it. If you associate with reading a book, I take that as a high
0: compliment. Okay, good, good. (laughs) So, so this was with, uh, with, with Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan. Who you've worked with before. I did Around the World in 80 Days. Okay. yeah, Yeah, yeah. And I mean, did he do his Michael Caine impression for you?
3: he's done that many times okay, i good. know him for like 15 <laughs> years okay. so uh, I, I, he's done it too many times for me okay <laughs> <I figure. laughs> and then i've seen him do it on every talk show but he, <laughs> yeah. he, he well is, he's good he is know? great yeah. at, 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 at that's that great comedian thing where yeah. and that's what makes some great actors is that if you can imitate something you could become something and by the way this is the first time not the first time but steve i think uh his american accent was impeccable and that's great. what
0: i want to ask you about it's like in order to like, it's enough work to to jump into a different accent, but then to be able to jump in with all the 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 nuances of the character, it, he he was he did a really good job.
3: He did an outstanding job. I think his performance is riveting because he plays a very unlikable guy. Yeah. Who by the end you find uh, he he brought a real nuance and balance to the character. And yeah. you, you kind of like him and respect him. If anything, you respect him for sure. Um. But I was worried. Um. Cause um, Steve had done American accent a few times, and probably he, as a joke, but because as a comedian, yeah, so yeah. he would do it really nasally.
0: Yeah, and the thing about <laughs> Steve, I, right.
3: I knew him from his radio. Um, I mean, his um, great TV show, Alan Partridge, in in made him famous mm-hmm. in the UK. Uh, he plays a, a, a radio talk show host, so he had that got it. deep FM thing, and I yeah. was like, listen, all right, I'm gonna write a British for you, and he's like, no, 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 I'll do the right, I'm, I'll do the American
0: accent, and I was like, all right. You how would you him. how would you even do it British? I mean he was he's such an American blue blood guy in that thing. Yeah, we were we, I was uh, be a so lot of work. I'm glad we yeah, did that right. yeah. It would
3: be a lot of rewriting <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know And it's funny Because a lot of The more liberal guys Are British And they get To rag on the country Right <laughs>
0: right, right. That's a good
3: point That's a great They get point. away with it Because liberal people Are That's like, really ah, it's okay fun. They get rag on the country Where the right wing guys It's harder for them To have a British accent Because you're like yeah. Who, Who's this limey Making fun of our country Yeah, right, yeah um, But anyway So the good news is He embraced it And one of the things he did Is he made sure He kept that deep Baritone fm voice and yeah. authority and he the
0: whole time yeah. yeah and so he's basically uh a a right-wing uh, uh radio uh, shock jock uh, co- yeah shock jock exactly <laughs> but sort of i would say like sean hannity meets uh rush limbaugh yeah there's a little of that and 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 but but honestly he but a little bit <sighs> He, I want to say he's classier, but is that because I know that he's British? I don't know. No,
3: no. The thing that we wanted to do is I wanted look, the, the the big thing about this movie is I didn't want to take sides because I thought the best way for this movie to be effective yeah. is to just let's watch the two sides go at each other in mm-hmm. a way, not be biased. We made some people on the left really bad guys and we made everybody's kind of yeah. balanced out yeah. um, pretty well. So one of the things I wanted to make sure is that he was an intelligent, uh, right wing guy. And when I say intelligent, he believed that there is climate change, mm-hmm. but his answer was, "Yeah, I live in a in a in a high rise." Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so I, I I didn't want him to be, you know, he's not a creationist. He's, yeah, he, he was more of a a, a realistic right wing kind of guy that you can actually buy his argument. Yeah, like, he, he was less. I tried to avoid him being racist, but he was more against people coming across the border for, for logical reasons. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that but you, you could admit. feel,
0: you could feel that he knew that he had an audience to speak to. He definitely
3: knew he had yeah. an audience to speak to just the way all these people know how to push the right button, yeah. get the laughs, yeah. uh, you know, and just get the conversation going and create their own little echo chamber.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I, so I wanted to talk about um, uh, the process of like, of how this movie started was it brought to you?
3: Okay, so let me go back to why I wanted to make a movie like this okay. and then how it came to me. Sure. So all those times at uh, the holidays when you're sitting around the table, those political discussions that you have with your family, and yeah. some are right, some are left, Yeah. they used to be like a little bit of a talk for an hour, and we get a little heated, and then we'd all forget about it and yep. love each other, and everything was great. I felt like sometime after 9-11, I started seeing people just get a little so heated that they'd leave the dinner table. Yep. And and I'd also started noticing close friends of mine suddenly saying things that I didn't think they really believed because it started to become this polarization. Mm-hmm. So if somebody was like, you know, taxes should be low and da-da-da, suddenly they started listing things like, guns should be legal for everyone and there shouldn't be gun control. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, you don't really think that. And so I started to notice... There was this weird um thing where we were just getting super polarized, like
0: like you 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 had to pick a side. you had to pick a side
3: uh-huh. and 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 I'm like one of these people that like I always I, I'm an independent, and I always think i w- I'll pick from whatever side I want, and, yeah. and and that's the way we all should be. And I think yeah. most people land somewhere in the middle and yeah. that's most and by important. the way
0: now independent is like its own party so you're like wait no no i'm the anti-party party no but you're still a party no that's not how that work out yeah. and
3: that so i just saw this and i realized the internet was i love technology but the internet created this place where you could just ramble on hear yourself and not you listen to the other side right, And right, there's all these right, arguments right. that oh it's so are easy one-sided.
0: to like to yeah to 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 trap yourself in to only hear the stuff that you want to hear kind of yeah thing, yeah.
3: yeah i'm gonna Louis C.K., a comedian that always made me laugh, mm-hmm. and uh, he had this whole thing with his kids that um, he didn't want to give them social media and phones because he goes, what's a normal thing for a kid to do? You bully another kid and you push the kid down and you punch him. And what, what happens? The kid cries and you see the kid and you feel bad and you form empathy. Yeah. And what's happening on online, it's a good example, is that, you're not forming this empathy. Mm -hmm. You're just yelling and you're not seeing the other person's reaction and Mm -hmm. they're not human. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had some critics like rip me apart and I write back like, well, this is what I intended. And literally they wrote, I forgot directors were human
0: beings. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) So I
3: saw this divide (laughs) happening and I just was saying, I really want to make a movie that I I want as a filmmaker. I want to do something. I made all these fun movies and they all have nice themes. And I really felt like this is the thing we need to fix. And, um, I put it out there, and um, my manager um, just randomly sent me this script, not knowing that's what I was thinking. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and I read it. My producing partner, Amy Keene, who's produced a bunch of my movies, she read it and goes, did you see the script that's on your desk? Because I never read, because I hate reading. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I only read them when she says they're good. And yeah, I was right. like, oh, my God, this is Otherwise, exactly- you'd be reading scripts
0: all day long. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah,
3: no, basically, there's so many bad ones. That's yeah. what it is. Right. um right. I read the script, and I thought, oh, this is amazing, because- it doesn't really take sides and it's a personal little story. So I could probably get the money to make this little right, movie, right. but it was really effective. Um, and then I talked to the writer, and this is what really sunk me. Um, his name is Will Reichel. He's a, a nice guy from Brooklyn, a family of uh, two kids. And he said, Well, I was, my wife was pregnant with my first daughter. I was in the car and I was listening to Rush Limbaugh, and I thought, how is this little girl gonna grow up in this world where this guy's right. just, like sexist, you know, mm-hmm. spewing out this stuff? And that's what inspired him. And I thought, well, that's a pretty cool start to a story. And and I like that it it's it's kind of unbiased though, and 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 it's a, a almost a female empowerment. A sixteen year old mm-hmm. girl gets yeah. to kind of go head to head with with Lionel McComb, uh, yeah. uh, Coogan's character, and she's kind of from the same. You know, family. So she's as smart and as intelligent as him. So they go do battle, and it's great. Cause sparks fly, and they say some really interesting stuff. And I thought this is a great way to tell a story. And that might—I wanted it to be a Thanksgiving movie because I thought if this is the movie going on Thanksgiving, you come home and maybe you don't have that big political fight. Right. Maybe you listen to right. each other.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. The way that the information was sort of conveyed, it didn't. It wasn't as polarizing. Neither side was. You kind of just felt like you were watching the person and the relationship. I thought it was good. It had heart. I I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, all right, so let's, uh, it's it's so interesting. Like I I I knew who you were from the projects that you had done, and then I then I like start like looking you up and reading some of your Twitter, your Instagram, seeing some of the stuff that you've done, and it's like it's pretty fascinating. Oh, cool. So, so I want <laughs> I, I want to go back in time. We're going back. We're going back. We're going back way Blurry back. thing. Yeah. And so you are at you're at Tish and uh, NYU, um, and that's where you met Sandler.
3: I met Adam. Yeah, freshman year. Yeah. And
0: so. Um, is it, when you came out to, to do the, um, the 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 travel docs like when you when you started doing those, was that right after after that? I
3: mean right after film school I was a PA. okay. Because I needed money
0: I want to have this romantic idea Of you and <laughs> Sandler You meet And you guys go make something uh, No we go We're going to do this yeah. Someday
3: we're going to make movies yeah, And we're yeah. going to be the greatest I'll call you in 20 And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and within 8 years yeah, We were already eight, it, yeah. So that was pretty quick <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean at some point We were making our first thing And we're like, hey, there's, there's no adults here. Right. We're like, oh, no, we're the adults. Yeah, right. But it's only you're been right. eight years yeah, since right. college. How yeah, is right. that possible? Yeah, right. How are they trusting us with millions of dollars? Um, uh, yeah, I did pa I worked at an advertising agency. At the time, you know, film equipment, now you could shoot a movie on an iPhone and edit it. Right. Then you needed to get equipment. It's when you get out of film school and you're like, I'm a director. And then you're like, shit i don't get to direct unless i go back to school is that what
0: your degree was in directing <laughs> yeah yeah okay yeah i that's had a awesome.
3: minor in business because my dad's from a real estate background he paid for my college mm, that's smart and i said let me let me do that to keep you happy
0: you got a business and directing degree yes yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's
3: good yeah that's a good
0: yeah I think so. so. It's like, I, I do know. It seems like every, <laughs> shouldn't every director have those things? You know what I mean? Like it's nice. I I guess so. But it's it, working but, for me apparently. But it's the it's the it's it's two sides of the brain. I mean to ha- to be the artist and the business guy. I have
3: a very analytical brain though. I okay. have a
0: very like I'm
3: a very mathy kind of person, mm-hmm. um, and it, which really filmmaking is technical. Mm-hmm. And and I think I have this spatial thing. Like I can read a script and I I can visualize the camera mm-hmm. i feel like it's connected to the analytical mm-hmm. i understand lenses too but then and, i have this very soft but see that's but, side yeah. But, i
0: cry a lot well um, see <laughs> and, uh, I, I do too uh i'm crying right now it's just on the inside. but no it's i think it's rare to have those two those two sides to to somebody and 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 it would seem that a, that a director would be someone that would basically be the personification of those of those two sides working well if that makes any sense.
3: Well, uh, hopefully, if I, if I'm good at what I'm doing, then I think you're, you're right. Good. I think you're good at what you do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, thank yeah.
0: you. You're a success story. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um. So so um. When did you start doing these these travel? Docs? Okay. So
3: I I, I advertise an agency, and then all of a sudden, a couple of my film school buddies did a one-off um, documentary for Globus, uh, okay. which is a travel company. Like a huge one. Really good travel yeah. company. That actually really, I actually really felt good about the product I was selling. Mm-hmm. Very, very uh, affordable and and high quality for now a lot of money. You get to travel the world mm-hmm. on a bus with really educated people that teach you a lot. Mm-hmm. And they bring you to quality places. So um, my friends did the video and they did a one-off and, and the company said, well, we want to do these for all our tours. And I heard this. And, and and so two of the guys stayed on and they said, one was a producer and one was um, camera, right? Sure. Yes, producer <laughs> and camera, because I did camera too, so I forgot. And they said they need to hire a director. So all of a sudden they put it out to all their other NYU buddies. Right. And when I heard like travel the world, you know, and yeah. film and direct and- I just, I always had a travel bug. I, I backpacked the world right before that. And I was like, traveling to me is one of the most important things you can
0: do. I agree.
3: Um, more Americans should do it, but we live in an isolated place. We do. It, the, yeah. more, the more you travel, the more it opens you up, the more creatively, the more everything. Yeah. Um, so I just did everything I could to get that job. I i it was like the best job interview I ever had in my life.
0: How old were you at the time? 23 or oh, 24, man. somewhere That's in there. That's awesome. Wow.
3: wow. Um, and I nailed the job, and I I had to, like, interview people that were on bus tours, photograph them having a good time, mm-hmm. and then, then we would go off to other cities and film them as well. So at 23, you, so we had, you were, you were we had shooting, the business credit card. They'd be like, yeah, just save receipts. And so we got to just travel the world, film it. And for, how, for how long? I did it for 23, 24.
0: When I looked up, you did, like, you did 40 of them?
3: Mm, I don't think I did that many. It feels like I did, like, 15. Okay. Um, probably like four or five years. Okay. I managed to direct like a movie on and on. while
0: doing that. Okay, got it.
3: No, we were on full time, so it was wow. suddenly as a filmmaker was like the greatest gig ever because we had a salary, which at the time yeah. seemed like a lot. Yeah, sure, crazy, and we had like insurance and stuff, stuff that you didn't need. Yeah, You're right. Like, wow, I'm an adult. I have insurance. That's now. right. Um, uh, and so yeah, we got to do this job, and then in between projects, we would be editing for them. Plus, we had all this equipment. We constantly would be shooting short films and 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 building our reels up. So it was like the ultimate gift for a filmmaker. Oh my God, that's to amazing. get to do that. So yeah, it was amazing. And I got to say my travels, I've been to places all around the world like, you know, um China, Japan, uh um all over Canada, all over Europe, um Australia, New Zealand, Fiji. I mean, it goes on and on. But I remember things like I filmed on the Great Wall of China, mm-hmm. and then eventually I was doing the movie Around the World in Eighty Days
0: ah, with Jackie Chan.
3: Yeah, and I and Steve Coogan and Steve Coogan and uh, and I was like, I know exactly where to put the camera because I literally <laughs> oh ran on the wall myself with the camera. So it was great to to have that background, and that's part of why I wanted that movie Around the World in Eighty Days. I'm like, I'm the guy to do this. So oh, that's amazing! I, I have traveled the world, and
0: when when you were shooting, was it like on a sixteen millimeter? Or- when what, I was, what, shooting what, what the, was the camera when the you were video sh- the, 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 the the travel documentaries yeah. oh this is,
3: no this is super low budget okay i don't remember this format it was called high yeah. <laughs> eight yeah of course of course <laughs> it was literally I was yeah. like our well, little that's cameras I, I just and, did yeah i just didn't yeah, know what they were yeah, shooting. yeah yeah the funny thing is the tape was so small that if there was a dropout it was like a big a big hole in the I screen i remember working
0: on that yeah, yeah and and did you edit those as well
3: i edited those and i think back to we used to of our a little travel documentary, we would argue hours over editing. <laughs> over things <laughs> that no one would ever know. No, one, like oh these videos that I'm not sure who really yep, saw. Yeah, <laughs>
0: we I, we we do that stuff all the time, and I'll just be like, the network's waiting for our show, and I'll just make a few changes, and I'll like, okay, now I feel good, and they're like, did you make the changes? They watch the whole thing, <laughs> and like, yeah, okay, it's it's, just, but you know, it's just it's just those. That's yeah. the that's the artist, I guess. So we make- call it like frame fucking. You yeah. Right. You just <laughs> that's frame exa- fuck that's exactly us. right. That's exactly right. and <laughs> so did beep that? No. I no. could I could do it. You say I go fuck. frame fucking <laughs> frame <laughs> beeping. <laughs> so so did you have like equipment or did you ju- like just Yeah, we had
3: or? a mini we had this first steady cam that was designed. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah, we had like like and then it's funny, we nonlinear editing wasn't it just got invented. And the Avid came out, right? Which meant, you know, yeah, because uh, we used to have to, we used to have to edit and then put like reel to reel type then, of things. No, we had a VHS editing system where we would write the time code down, and then when you re-edit it, it was a pain in the ass. And so, like an EDL, yeah, EDLs, all that stuff. Oh my god. So then the Avid came out, but they that was expensive. Mm-hmm. It oh out. yeah, yeah, because it, it, it was a-
0: hardware and software.
3: Yeah. yeah, and then they came out with a really cheap version called the D Vision. Okay, and it looked like a Fisher Price interface. <laughs> and, and we talked the company into buying that, so we had like one of the first nonlinear editing systems in, in our in my East Village apartment. Oh my god! And I was oh, like,
0: so it was in there. Oh, that's amazing. yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. We worked out of our houses, and yeah, yeah. It was cool. It was like we're on cutting edge of
0: cheap technology. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, but I mean, do you, when did how much do you sleep when you're directing? Not much. Like what? Like like? Let's. I mean, you're up until this shit gets done.
3: Yeah, you're shooting like 14 hours a day, let's mm-hmm. say, and by the time you get home you watch I still watch dailies. This is like a, a thing that people don't do.
0: Uh, you still da- watch dailies? From... Dailies
3: means you watch the footage from the day before.
0: Okay, got it. And when you wake up? No, like you usually do it at the end of the night. Okay, got it.
3: Unless you're shooting nights and you do it in okay, the
0: morning. Okay, so 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 if today's Friday, then you're watching at the end of the, you shot all day today, you're watching the dailies from the day before from yeah, Thursday.
3: Yeah, okay. and it's an exercise that's always been done and you try to bring as much of your crew there, your makeup, your hair, your camera, your, yeah. and it, A gets you excited about what you did. Um, it B gives me a chance to talk to my editor and tell him what I want. And mm-hmm. I like that take and I get to see it again, as opposed to when I'm directing during the day and I'm distracted. So right. it, it gives you a chance to watch it back a little bit more, uh, objectively, I guess. And, and, uh, and, 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 and just form an opinion and it's a thing that nobody does anymore because it's it used to be you have to have to project it. So they have right. to project it, now, right? Now it's like they give you DVDs and you can watch it at home if you want and then nobody right. does. But yeah. to me, it's the communal thing, finish shooting, maybe grab a beer pizza, sit with your crew and watch, you know, some of the footage. And, yeah. And and it just you also see it on a big screen and, and and things look different on a big screen as opposed to when you're directing, you're looking at a monitor.
0: Have so. you ever, ever shot something and been like that was it like and you didn't need to do it and like not shot a second take
3: yeah it's funny the very last take uh, uh, the, uh in hot air uh particularly we had zero we had it sounds like not as uh, it's myself it's three million bucks to mm-hmm. make the movie but new york city and sure below per- the line. yeah exactly <laughs> we had nothing and yeah.
0: we were
3: like i had no money and no crew no nothing they worked really hard and did a great job I had to be really decisive. And I'm like, you know what? Decisive is when you know you got it. And it's funny, the very last take of the movie, we did one take. And uh I'm like, we got it. And then it was like, it was a shot that the movie the car, got,
0: the scene, what was it?
3: The last shot was him walking in to look in the mirror uh right before he goes uh got it on to the radio for uh-huh. the last time and and he and he walks away and he goes, Where are you going? And it was just this thing we had to look in the mirror. Yeah. And it all had to work perfectly. And and uh it just did. And I said, you know what? We got it. We got it. That's
0: the you never it you, you I could worried. have
3: never done that on my first movie. Okay.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I mean I'd be worried about like, is there something I didn't see? Was it are we definitely in focus? Is it like, you know, do you ever do yeah, you usually yeah. just shoot multiples because yeah, I, of multiples? Yeah, by the things? way, I
3: didn't have playback either on that movie. You normally okay. have playback. So yeah, yeah, I, I was balls out. I was like, I just, just tried it was some, some it was the last shot of the movie. I thought, that's that's kind of where I'm at now.
0: Yeah, I, I can know I got it. Yeah, <laughs> and and you're surrounding yourself with people that you trust. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So with uh, with Sinbad, what do you? What's the stage of right now?
3: We're uh, we're working on the script. We've been uh, location scouting all over the uh, kind of all over Europe and. And uh, I'm about to go to Tunisia And places like that um, We're shooting a lot of them in Bulgaria Because that's where the studio is It's Millennium Okay Who um, uh, is the, the guys that did like The Expendable movies mm-hmm. And Hitman's uh, Bodyguard They bought this giant Old communist studio in Bulgaria Oh my god um, But these people are so talented uh, They've been doing it for years And like the seamstresses That make the costumes mm-hmm. And and the art people And, 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 and I, I went there to make sure Can we really do this? And I'm like these people are so rare on the go and the thing is you end up saving a lot of money cuz it's super cheap to live in Bulgaria. Yeah. So um uh, this is how millennium has been making movies and I see why they got an amazing team and they're so excited about Sinbags this will be their biggest movie uh to date. So Can you do you know what the budget's going to be? It's going to be in in like the 100 million yeah.
0: category. Yeah.
3: It'll be a little less but it'll it'll be the equivalent of if we had like 150 if I was in the states. Right.
0: Is that is that your would that be your biggest or was it 80 um, days? The biggest
3: budget that I actually had tangible was uh 80 days was okay. like 110. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um and uh does that put any more pressure on you?
3: Uh I mean it's funny because sometimes you're like, they're no, trusting me with 110 million dollars? Yeah. Uh um, it's just more pressure because you just I don't know. My my thing is as a filmmaker, you just you just be totally prepared yeah that's what my job is is to like know what i want to do all the work ahead of time go and win exact plan especially with visual effects visual effects puts a lot more pressure because you really have to plan the the less you plan the more you're gonna spend money that won't end up on the screen so but you pre-visualize stuff and you storyboard it and it's just part of my job
0: i mean so so there'll be a, a lot of green screen stuff
3: yeah, this particularly this movie will be the most visual effects because he's fighting giant, you okay. know, mythological creatures that don't exist. And but that's the fun part of this job because I'm sitting there now with with like these artists and going like, this is what the Cathandra looks like. It should have a bunch of heads. It should have multicolored skin. It could, you know, it should have a giant eye like the Cyclops. So we do a throwback to the yeah the old Sinbad movies, and so it's fun. For me, this movie because I went from a three million dollar movie where you kind of like found the set and you, could, you couldn't even paint the walls. Mm-hmm. To in my head, I was like, I want to do a movie where I design everything again, like eighty yeah. days or. that's got to be
0: a good exercise and keep yourself excited when you have to sort of challenge yourself, right?
3: I, I it's funny thing is, it was a challenge to do Hot Air, and that was I always try to do something that keeps me as excited as it's my as if it's my first movie, and mm-hmm. that's what I did. I went from. Hot air, which was like so exciting to do a really low budget movie where nobody, I had nobody to tell me what to do. It was hundred percent, butt stopped it. Right? right, right. Now I'm back in the arena where I'm like, I got to manage a lot of people, a lot of opinions, but the fun part is I have a lot of money to create stuff and dream stuff up. And so, so for me, this is a whole different thing.
0: And, and when do you, when do you, when do you start
3: shooting? Uh, hopefully we'll be shooting like around October we're just, we're oh. just we are putting the cast together A oh, so, so the A lot main, has to come together right now is the
0: main cast decided or up Well in the this air? is
3: interesting cuz we're going to have an uh, Arabic cast because it's that's where yeah. it's, the story's from and that's the way it should be and um I've read so many amazingly talented actors and uh very happy a lot of people in that world because they're like thank god it's not that i have to play a terrorist yeah right exactly so it's it's been a really positive uh reinforcement from from uh just the middle east community Mm -hmm. and 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 that we're making this movie and that we're going to cast it authentically so uh i have read a bunch of people um we haven't fully cast it yet but there's Mm -hmm. a bunch of roles that that were kind of once the script is Totally ready. We're going to, it'll probably come together pretty quick. I mean, this might,
0: this, this is something, these are things that I, by the way, I appreciate you like opening up like this because there's so many things that I've always like wondered and like the, and this might be even too personal, but like, do you ever think about the fact that when you cast somebody, you're, you're, you're affecting their life in such a huge way?
3: More than ever on this one, because the lead Sinbad Mm -hmm. is most likely going to be somebody whose career is going to yeah. have a major. It's not Tony
0: Shalhoub, so it's going to be somebody right, else. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah.
3: there's, there's, you know, there's a couple of names that mean something that are Arabic actors right now that mean something budget-wise, right. that they're known. Right. Uh, so it's not them. It's going to be one of these new guys that you may or you probably haven't heard of. So there is something f- interesting about casting because you look at a guy and go, wow, this guy's a great actor. And you're like, but you start to understand that X factor. You're like, mm-hmm. Can he carry a movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's kind of exciting and scary To do this casting wise Um, But you have to just trust your instincts I mean there's a group of people that'll Agree or not disagree with me So so there's a little bit of a You know a safety net that you know um but yeah there's,
0: there's... So, that's, so that's not your fault <laughs> it's not entirely your fault yeah. yeah
3: but at the end of the day i'm going to push the person through that i believe and yeah you know the, the thing about being a director is you get all the credit good or bad right 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 right, right. <laughs> so um but yeah i think we have somebody i don't want to say yet
0: because yeah no no of course up, yeah
3: but uh, it'll be fun to, to to introduce the world to a new you know yeah great actor and then you're also thinking like i'm going to cast a lot of bigger actors around You're I mean, like wow the, this kid's really great is he gonna crumble once he has to act opposite, you know, somebody of some great stature? <laughs> but, is, but,
0: but is that kind of your job too? Is like, because there's there there's 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 technical directors, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's more like method or artistic directors. And 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 I mean, I'm a therapist as a director. That's what I was gonna say. Uh, yeah. And,
3: and what's funny about directing actors is you quickly. I'm a people person you quickly understand what a person needs mm-hmm. and for sure, everybody needs you to make them feel confident and to know that you're listening. Cause it's hard. The funny thing about when you're directing there's so much going on mm-hmm. that in the beginning, you're like, you're worried about this and the camera and then, and and, and and your actors on, on, on in front of the camera if you're like looking away, they feel super insecure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So pretty early on, you realize once they're on set, it's all about them. Yeah. You, know, well, you can't get a Put approval. all the problems in the back of your head. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and look, it's a lot of positive reinforcement. Even when they do a take, you don't like, it's like, that was great. Let's try one where you like, you know, but I, I mean, it, 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 you find what's great about it. You have to be genuine. So
0: what's, what's, um, what's next for you besides like the directing? Is that a weird question? Um no. Um like what what is it? So the directing stuff, obviously that's the that's the thing you're known for. When I found out about your your globus travel stuff, like how fascinating is that? Like what an amazing thing. Like, did you get more of an education from doing that or from going to Tish? Like, and it could be either I way. I think
3: I think I needed Tish. What I learned at Tish was like irreplaceable. Right. Um, but I think that was a way to hone my filmmaking skills in in, in a sort of independent real way. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think Tish um, um, exposed me to great directors, great mm-hmm. movies. What was cool about film school is like you'd see Godard's short films and then you'd see him make, you know, Breathless, and you say, oh, that's the path he took to get right, there. So you right. start to get into the process. He started experimenting with breaking the fourth wall. and He saw American movies. So, like, that kind of history and learning that is irreplaceable mm-hmm. to have sort of a – I mean, like, listen – Quentin Tarantino self-taught right video story guy right but maybe he saw more stuff than I did so um but yeah it's this- just
0: a matter of, of of watching it in a certain way right like you could watch it um the, the same way that you watched it and understanding the growth of the director and if you can see that then you can see the improvements and kind of learn through yeah their mistakes I guess I
3: also the other thing I learned I felt like I loved in film school I had this affinity I really liked film noir my first movie was a noir nobody saw but that way, I don't. I was like, it's just so dark and surreal and weird. And then I, I learned in film school that the reason film noir, when it came, was after the war, World, World War II. and all these soldiers came back, you know, heroes. But deep down, they had all these horrible ghosts mm-hmm. in the closet that had no way to come out. And so I, when I started realizing, wow, like genres of films and, and became a reflection of what's going on in society, right. And I've continued to like look at different times and movies, and then like there was a period of time when I was like everybody was comfortable. And what and is that?
0: The eighties? It was fifties. <laughs>
3: no, the one <laughs> that, that that happened a few yeah. times, but there was a time when everybody was comfortable, but they started to lose it a little bit. And it's kind of a time when all these movies where what you thought was wasn't, and at the movies I, I equate were like The Matrix, um, Fight Club. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, oh, I got um, you. Um,
3: they were all about this is what you thought the uh, world Sixth was. Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense, uh-huh. yeah. They all at the same time. Yep. And it's funny, I had a movie that was very similar. And I was like, "Fuck!" They beat me to it. <laughs> but,
0: but you know, it's, it's crazy that the—I mean—to—to to hit it like that was—it was just so difficult to have that spin. Mm-hmm. When they tried to redo it, all of them, it didn't work out the same way that it worked out initially because mm-hmm. because people were expecting it, and they were expecting something bigger and crazier to come about. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so more travel or. Uh, for more, me more personal travel or you just I'm you travel-
3: traveling a little bit here and there um, um, but you know it's funny my desire like I want to go to like I haven't seen the pyramids and I haven't been to Egypt and, and I haven't been to are you going to do that on this, on this trip no but I don't have the same desire to get on and go as a tourist right like I want to go as a vip as uh, no i want to be well sure i mean leave. look i I'll, listen I, if somebody calls me up and says, Hey, jump on my
0: private jet We're yeah, down here. right no problem right. no i
3: want to go to work there i want to shoot there i would love to i,
0: I still oh I, it's the complete opposite you want to yeah you you don't want to go as a common tourist yeah you want to go as a common person you want to just sort of be i want to go there for real yeah, yeah yeah i want to
3: be part of something yeah maybe i'll go into excavating no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's next um but yeah that's what i love about these movies i get to travel to yeah. all these places and work and um uh, that yeah. was on
0: my list, and I, I, we were going to go there. I had this trip that was planned for my, my, the last season of, of, of my, my show, Four Sheets, and we went to—we were supposed to go to um, Egypt— jordan and uh istanbul cool and and then we talked to a buddy of ours who was a navy seal and we're like he's like where are you going we told him he's like no no not now not now and that was like that was last time he's like don't go um and then of course in istanbul there was like a bomb or whatever and it's just like at the same time not the same day we would have been there but just kind of weird and so we ended up just doing a safer one we went to mexico city and Mm-hmm. uh Machu Picchu and Grand Cayman but it was just That's interesting great, by the way. that was yeah they're, they're, they're both they're both fine mm-hmm. but like it's one of those things about seeing the pyramids you kind of want to see them before I, It's not like they disappear but I mean I don't know
3: yeah no, yeah yeah. it's like Cuba go to Cuba before it changes yeah you know? right it's like it's been the same every I've been yeah.
0: hearing that for 30
3: years yeah yeah <laughs> um but but I do still like I was in Europe for for scouting and I was in Bulgaria and I had a friend that I, I have. I actually go to Burning Man. I have a camp. So Did you I, just go? You just go. back? I missed this one because okay. I'm too busy with the movie. Uh-huh. It's hard. It hurts my heart. <laughs> um, but in um, my camp was a bunch of Turkish people last year. Okay. And so I was like, shoot, they live in Istanbul and I haven't been. So I justified that it was a little bit for the movie, but I visited Istanbul. Yeah. Mainly I wanted to see the architecture that dated so far back, but I also wanted to see Istanbul because what a great city. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like such a unique uh, interesting cities. So. I love
0: I love getting in my like uh, and I haven't and I haven't been there, which is mm. crazy. So those places. I it's, haven't great, been. it's great. It's great. And we were gonna to go. go to Petra and like you know I didn't see that. It's one of those things that you mm. just have to have to see. But it's funny when I get into uh, like a, an Uber and the driver has an accent, which is often out mm. here, and I love to say like where are you from because a lot of times I've I've been there mm-hmm. and one was um, from the Ukraine. I'm like oh that's great like you know I I haven't been to Ukraine but a friend of mine. Um, actually a a friend that I just met on a podcast, uh, Chris Lowell, he, um, uh, he just had a, you know, okay relationship with his dad, but his dad didn't really travel But he's like, Hey, you want to go on a trip? And he's like, sure, let's go. Like, I, I love it. I get to go travel with my dad. And he's like, where are we going? And his dad said, Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> what do what you, you hate me? So his dad had just watched this show. Have you watched uh, of it? Of course. Yeah, yeah I, I heard. It's, it's, I heard it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I it's heard amazing. How, how horrible. It's amazing and horrible. Yeah. And so there was actually a guy here at the house who's an electrician. And I said, where, where are you from, Russia? And he's like, oh, you, Ukraine. I'm like, oh, wow. And I said, it's crazy. I have a friend who's in Chernobyl right now. It's crazy. And to me, I was just thinking, I don't know. It doesn't seem like a stupid thing to say. But he's like, oh, yeah, I lived near to Chernobyl. I'm like, oh. And he's like, yeah, like 40 kilometers away. Wow. He's like, yeah, I lost a lot of friends. I'm like... Okay, so, damn it, shut your mouth, man. You don't have to relate to everybody. Jesus. I did the same thing in the
3: cab. I'm like, where are you from? Yeah,
0: yeah. I've been there. Do you know what? I want to show off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that's exactly right. Blew up in your That face. one just blew up in my face, a nuclear bomb. <laughs> anyway. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to sit it, and talk to me. This, this has been like, This I, has been great. I like.
3: hope we meet each other in our travels, too, around the world. I wish, I wish. If I'm, I'm shooting anywhere and you're there, come visit
0: me. Done deal, done deal. I'll, I'll right. jump on my private jet. <laughs> 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 thanks right. All
3: right cool. thank you
0: That was Frank Karachi if you want to follow him on social media, it's Franco Spanko 737 on Instagram and Twitter and go check out his movie Hot Air. Uh, I just love his his directing style. It's fun
1: seems like he's worked with a lot of fun people with those movies is. He, he,
0: yeah. he is again, he just kind of he's one of those guys that just knows how how lucky he is mm-hmm. and because we've we've run into people. Mm-hmm. that are that are celebrities. Mm-hmm. And of course, there is a totem pole, you you have a specific place, I know where my place is on that. But like, there's some it's like, sometimes that it's not the people at the very top, like I've met like, Bruce Willis and George Clooney, and a lot of these guys, and they're just like, nice guys, mm-hmm. you know, and then I've met the people that are just sort of like, on the verge. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, they want to seem like they're Bigger, and so they're the ones that are assholes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's it's almost like it's almost one of those things like if those who do don't talk about it, Mm -hmm. and the ones that talk about it are the ones that are just insecure and not doing it. So again, that hopefully that's all translating to me expressing how cool I thought Frank was, (laughs) (laughs) and and not the other way around. So um, uh, real quick, I wanted to talk to you guys about your um. Okay, here's what happened. What did you do? Well, no, because okay, (laughs) so so I. I was out of town for a few days. I'm back in town, and then I'm leaving, and I'm not going to be back until the 21st. And so the question is, uh, well, not the question. So I, I, I decided we're not going to get a tree this year.
1: That's true. Whoa. Yeah, but I know. I know.
0: I know. Wow. I know. I know. Tough, so, uh, and so, and so, I know. But but now it's like it's just you know there's like 10 days left and. Should we? It's not just
2: your decision. Did I you know. pull the family?
1: No. No. They did not ask me. They no. Did not
2: ask my
0: so, cut it. To hang up this podcast. Well, let let, let, let me let me you know Scrooge ahead to the end of this uh, discussion. We're gonna finish this podcast and then Mel and I are gonna go get a tree because I you know.
1: I decided go. that we can't have a foster that didn't have an opportunity to climb a, a Christmas tree. A cat.
0: We're talking yeah. about a kitten that yeah. didn't get a chance to have a tree. Um, Okay, so. um Obviously, that is a Christmas, Christmas tradition. I can't mm-hmm. think of a time where I did not have a tree, no matter what I was doing, because I don't want to start now. Oh, so I'm, I'm not sure gonna I
1: didn't do have one Just like in college like and stuff.
2: Ha- we get our tree the day after Thanksgiving. That's
0: perfect. That's Does when it we should... always live? Does what? it make
2: it?
1: Does it always survive till then? Always.
2: always. We got a guy, we go up to Frank's Christmas Tree Place. I mean, what? This is our third year in a row, because we've been here three years. Yeah. And uh, we put it on top of the Suburban. The guy ties it on there for me. We get a like a smaller tree like eight feet wow and then we get uh, <laughs> the a little tree. tree for the den wait
0: what you get th- wait, you get that three trees
2: no we get two trees we get one for the family
0: room and then how, how, one what's for the, the den what's the big one? eight, eight feet big, yeah okay yeah, and and, 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 the, and the smaller one and smaller, like you're and so your wife is jewish which make which technically does that make your kids jewish yeah i guess and so so do you also we celebrate do both. you yeah, do we both Do
2: hanukkah we got candles and you know we do a couple christmas presents and you know santa comes a lot of presents for a minute
0: and a lot of presents
2: but it's nice like this year the kids they put the lights on the tree for the first time like usually I, you know, my wife and i are like toiling making sure the lights are perfect this year we're like hey you guys
0: give it a mm-hmm. shot. Let's oh yeah. Go. That's the best way to do it.
2: And, and they did a, an amazing job. So it was uh, it was really kind of a nice little new twist on putting the tree up and it was awesome.
0: Do you, um, any other Christmas traditions? Do you, do you have any traditions that you want to think are like common, but you're the only person like you at some point you found out you're the only person that, that, that does it. Like we put a train around the tree. I grew up doing it Always, every year. You just have to do it. Is that like, Normal. It,
1: That's normal. It's pretty normal. Yeah. People people
0: have those. I mean, the pretty train pretty store. Pretty I'll pretty go pretty to the train store like you know once a year, which is like the week before Christmas to like buy a little something at whatever, and it's like so packed. And then you know the rest of the, the rest of the year it's like
1: the train store is empty. Why is there a train so, store? So you
2: you were just gonna forego all of that this year <laughs> and not put the tree up, right, and not I'll go listen, to the train listen, store, and nothing. listen.
0: The- I accept that my decision was poor, and I'm I'm at least I have time to to fix it. Um, did you have any tradition? Movie around here?
1: We used to make a lot of cookies. Like
0: what kind of cookies?
1: Like twenty-five different kinds. Really? Yeah. And then give them away. I think
0: you should start doing that again. Ours were, uh, well, you know what my mom makes: pecan balls.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and (laughs) the stupid story. So Steve, Steve and I were in college together. I came home from college, and it wasn't far. at a car. It was like an hour away. So I drove home. Got home, hello, no no one was in the house. So I walk in and and there's a tin on the counter mm-hmm. and I open it up and there's pecan balls in there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if, so I'm like, I don't know if someone gave them to my mom or if my mom is ready to give them to someone else. Clearly it's, a, it's in yes. gift form, right? Mm-hmm. So I take one out and I eat it. And then I take one more out and I ate it. And then I kind of just moved them around a little bit so you couldn't tell. <laughs> you know, that's like that's yeah, like that's fine. That's legal. That's Chris, that's Christmas behavior.
2: Cover your trail.
0: So my mom comes home and whatever, we're talking, and I'm like, Yeah, I said, confession, I, I don't know if those were for someone or for you, but I ate two of those pecan balls or two of the pecan balls you made. She goes, We didn't make them this year, we didn't make them yet. I'm like, no, I, I had pecan balls. We don't have any pecan balls. Well, there was a tin, maybe someone gave them to you. There's a tin on the on the on the on the kitchen table. So, oh, oh, we had a flood last year. And and the, and I went and found that this tin that we had down there and I opened it up and there were cookies in it. They must be from two years ago. Oh so it was a God. tin that was being stored in the basement. These pecan ball cookies. They were two years old.
1: What does it say about pecan balls? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. God. What ingredients go into this? I think it's
0: just buttered and pecans and sugar. What's it gonna what's it gonna do? It was sealed? Mold. No, it's no mold. I mean, not that I saw they it were a little a they lot. were a little crumbly but i thought they were good so uh mistletoe has anyone ever done mistletoe never
2: i have mistletoe up i you... came home last week and there was a piece hanging over the
0: doorway
1: it's
2: kind of oh, nice yeah?
0: yeah was your wife waiting there she was waiting with cake <laughs> with cake or her person
1: because
0: like apparently if if i, I would have come home and i, I, I could have done this i could have stopped by and bought cake Next yeah, time I need to do that. That
1: would have been overwhelming. Next time I
0: need to do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, happy holidays to everybody. Our, our next show will be coming out, um, I think it's on Christmas, or the day after Christmas. I think we're going to come out just for the next podcast on Christmas with Burt Kreischer. It's like a little gift to everyone. It's a little gift. It's a little Burt Kreischer gift to everybody. So uh, happy holidays, everybody. Be safe. Uh, if you uh, want to join us in uh, our adventure with adventure, go to invest with zane.com and uh, and join the party invest in an adventure or do it for your friend and and be part of what the exciting things lay ahead in an adventure happy holidays
2: or do or do it with you.